Praise God and good morning. I was thinking earlier today that, you know, I kind of had the plan of what I wanted to talk about, and I'm still talking about the same topic, but I've mentioned to you guys that often the Holy Spirit will just burden my, uh, just my mind, my heart, and it could be right before service, it could be mid-sermon, that there's just something different that he wants me to talk about. And so today, it's really just a little bit of how I kind of kick things off that kind of changed for me, because God gave me an opportunity this morning to really live out what I'm preaching about today and what I want you guys to understand. I think for most of you, um, whether it's me directly sharing or different things you heard, you know that Emily and I are in Colorado. My dad had emergency surgery a few weeks ago. Um, unfortunately, his lymphoma is back. Um, there's some updates. I'll, I'll probably let the church know here in the next week or so, just kind of when, when the Holy Spirit gives me discernment in doing that. And, you know, I'll be quite honest with you. I think we've been here now or I've been here, um, you know, almost two weeks and just really trying to hold the fort down to support my family um, as my dad deals with cancer again. And I, I think it just really hit me last night and this morning that I'm like, wow, you know, I'm, I'm really burnt out. I'm stressed. I'm, I'm just feeling anxiety and all these things because there's a lot of extra meetings besides church meetings and what I'm doing at church. Uh, meeting with doctors and, and helping my parents who, although they're totally bilingual, um, you know, medical jargon, it's hard enough for me to understand. So now when you're talking about Japanese, you know, uh, immigrants where maybe there isn't a direct translation, it pulls me into a lot of other meetings and then trying to share updates with family and just trying to discern the best way to say things um, to kind of get um, people just to think certain ways or the feelings, you know, it, it's hard. You can't always just, you know, communicate with people exactly the same way. And so, kind of took its toll on me this morning. And so then I, you know, kind of went and stepped out in my parents' backyard and took some deep breaths as I was looking at my sermon and I prayed and um, I just kind of felt this joy. This I, I was very amped. I was excited to preach today because what God showed me is he was telling me, Andrew, you're a new creation in me. And despite the stress you feel, you don't have to operate that way because now that you are in me, now that you are a new creation, you think differently, you operate differently, you deal with stress differently. It doesn't mean the stress is gone. It means with the Holy Spirit in me, I operate differently. Amen. And that's what happened to me today. And that's how this beginning kind of changes a little bit, because there is this very powerful verse in the Bible that tells us a biblical truth. And we've been talking about who you are or who we are. Who do we think we are? And this verse, this truth is so powerful, and it is found in 2 Corinthians 5, 17. And it says this, it says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, this person is a new creation. The old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. And this verse, it resonates, it resonated with me this morning, and it resonates with so many people because it is reassuring and encouraging to think that we are something new. We don't have to be recognized by things we have been through. We don't need to be labeled by choices that we have made in the past. I don't have to sit here and say, just because the world tells me when you're dealing with cancer, you need to stress out and completely fall apart. I don't need to operate that way because I am a new creation in Christ. And Jesus spoke to me, the Holy Spirit spoke to me this morning and just said, you know what, today you're going to practice what you are preaching because you think differently, you operate differently. 
And this is so important because when people don't have an understanding of what this verse actually means and how to properly apply it to our lives, their faith journey, it's like a roller coaster ride. And this verse, it also causes those of us who grow up in the church. For me, I was a baby in the church. And so there's times when this verse, Emily and I were talking about this the other day, this can cause tension to Christians who have only known Christianity since they were little babies. Because how do we become new creations when all we have ever known is being a Christian? How does this supposed to make sense to us? And so today, as we continue our Who Do You Think You Are series, I want to take some time and look at this. What does it mean to be a new creation in Christ. And so when you look at 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17, there's three parts you need to focus on and kind of dissect to understand this. The first one is being in Christ. We have to understand what does that mean? And then next we see that if that is the case, then now we are a new creation. And then the third aspect is that if we are a new creation, that means that the old, it is passing away and the new is coming. So we're going to take a look at those three things or those three aspects to 2 Corinthians 5.17. So the first question we're going to look at is, what does it mean to be in Christ? Well, there are a couple different aspects to this. And the first and most important is being in union with Christ. And think about if a married couple, they are in union together, there is this close bond. And so being in union with Christ, being in him, it means having faith in him. And as I have been stressing over the last year, and this is so essential, so important to understand, is that genuine faith in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, it is believing the truth of who he is, why he had to come here, and why we need him. It's truly believing that in your mind. It's wrapping your mind around some concepts that are hard to understand, just like Jesus's resurrection. That's a hard thing to think about. But we have to get to that point where we truly understand that and believe in that truth. Even if we can't explain it all, that's so important to say that we are true believers, that we have a genuine faith in Jesus. And then the second part of that is trusting him. That means it's a heart condition. It's trusting God for advice. It's trusting God that he knows better than you do the decisions you need to make in your life. And I keep stressing that because often people are missing one aspect of that. They may believe some things in their head, but their heart doesn't believe, or maybe their heart believes. But when they think about different things like the resurrection, like Jesus's miracle birth, these different situations, they start to doubt. And so to be in Christ, number one, you have to have faith in him. And it's a relationship. We talk about this, that Christianity is not a religion. It is a relationship. Christianity, it's not static. It's active. So ask yourself, do you inter interact with Jesus regularly? Or is it just something that when you have a need or when you have time? I've used the illustration of think about relationships with other people. I don't think we could get away with not talking to our spouses, not talking to our boyfriends or girlfriends, not talking to our best friends, not talking to our coworkers. We couldn't get away with that for very long. It would start to hurt the relationship. And it's the same thing with Jesus. We need to talk with Jesus daily. 
And we have to talk with him multiple times per day because again, Christianity, it's not static, it's active. The other aspect of being in Christ is being in the body of Christ. And we aren't talking about the local church. That is incredible. That's great. That's what we want for people. But it's being in the body of Christ, the global community of believers. Romans 12 verses 4 through 5, it says this. It says, for just as we have many parts in one body, and all the body parts do not have the same function, so we who are many are one body in Christ and individually parts of one another. So we are in Christ, we believe in him, but because of that, we are also part of this incredible community, this global community of Christians, our brothers and sisters. And so that's what it means to be in Christ. It's believing in him, but then being part of the body of Christians throughout the world, Christians who have come and gone. That's what we are also part of when we are in Christ. And then we see that scripture tells us that when we are in Christ, when we believe in him, when we are part of the body of Christ, then we become a new creation. So now let's take a look at that second part. What does it mean to be a new creation? And I think a great jumping off point for explaining this is talking about what being a new creation does not mean. And it's, in, uh, it's important to understand that being a new creation does not mean that after you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you wake up the next day and you look differently. You'd be amazed how many people think that if I believe in Jesus, I will physically look different. Now, Emily had mentioned to me, and I think there is some truth to this, there are times when people believe in Jesus and their countenance is different. Maybe they were looking really depressed or, or, or really kind of mopey, but now something has changed and they have a smile on their face. So that can happen, but it doesn't mean I wake up and I have a, you know, a scar that I had in my body is gone, that some physical ailment is gone. It doesn't mean that. And we have to understand that. And physically, we may look exactly the same. Things may not have changed that way. Also, being a new creation, it doesn't mean that all of a sudden all of my struggles, my temptations, and my challenges, that they disappear. Now, there are some occurrences that we see even in the Bible, and you've probably heard some of these stories in our world today, where maybe someone struggled with a drug addiction and God took it away. But I will tell you that that's more the miraculous. That is not the norm. Even the Apostle Paul, he had a thorn in his side. We don't know if that was spiritual or kind of a literal ailment, but he prayed and prayed and God didn't take it away. So even someone as incredibly righteous as Paul, that was a new creation, all of a sudden his struggles and temptations and challenges, they did not go away. And that's so important to understand because that sometimes because becomes a stumbling block for people if they think that is what it means to be a new creation. So that's why I wanted to start with what being a new creation is not. It is not waking up looking differently and it is not having all of your problems go away. So then what exactly is it? Well, first and foremost, this is the most important thing is that we are a new creation 
in God's eyes. In other words, God does not view us the same way that he did before we accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Previously, before we accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we were enemies of God. That is tough language, but scripture tells us we were enemies of God. Romans 5 verse 10, it says, for if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. In other words, it shows how incredible Jesus is, is that before we accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we were enemies of God because of sin. But because of God's love for us, because of Jesus' love for us, he gave his life for us in order that we could be reconciled. And so we are no longer seen, we are no longer viewed by God as his enemy, and now we are reconciled. We have relationship with God. I started thinking about an illustration. I was like, what's a good illustration in my own life where because of something, people viewed me different, that they no longer viewed me the way I used to be? And I thought about it's when I became a pastor, when God called me into ministry and he said, this is who you are. This is what you are to do. I started seeing that people viewed me differently. Friends from high school that even though I was a Christian, I'll be very honest, I didn't always make the best decisions. You know, I made some poor decisions in my life. But when people find out I'm a pastor, all of a sudden they're like, wow, Andrew's different. He lives his life differently. And I hope for all pastors, I hope for all people that are Christians, that that is the case for all of us, that people view us differently. Even my family, it's funny, they've, you know, they've known me all my life, but knowing I'm a, a pastor, they often kind of view things differently. I'm no longer a son, a brother, an uncle. It's kind of different. And that's with family. And so God... He views us differently. He doesn't hold our past mistakes against us. He doesn't hold our foolish uh, choices as things to label us by. We are a new creation in God's eyes. We are also incorporated into a new order. And this new order, it's so incredible. The first thing is there is no distinction between Jew or Gentile. That's what scripture tells us. And what that means is that it doesn't matter who you are or what you've done. Jesus' sacrifice is for you. He died on the cross for you. Salvation is available to anyone who will believe in him. So we don't have to be afraid that, oh, because I'm not this, I can't be saved. I can't accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Yes, you can. Jesus died for all of us. This new order also, it means that we are free from slavery to sin. And we hear this terminology, one, it's not comfortable. We talked about that last week, the difference between a servant and a volunteer. And so I wanted to dig more into this concept that we are free from slavery to sin. And this article or, or this uh, commentary kind of explained it this way, which is so beautiful, is that historical records show us that throughout history and different cultures and civilizations, there are descriptions of enslaved people. 
And when they were freed, so they were no longer slaves, they continued to live as slaves or as though they were still slaves because they could not believe they were freed or they were so conditioned to live as slaves that they could not imagine freedom. So again, if you heard that correctly, people that were freed from being enslaved, they either continued to live like a slave or to think like a slave because they were so used to it, it's all they ever known, or they couldn't believe that they were free. And this happens to Christians. This can happen to you and me. That people don't understand that when you are in Christ, when you are part of this new order, you are no longer being controlled by sin and your sin nature. You are free. You are bought. You are brought. You are bought with a price. And that was Jesus' death on a cross. Someone paid for your freedom, so you don't need to be enslaved by sin anymore. And we're so blessed because it is the uh, the power of the Holy Spirit in us that helps us to understand that and helps us to get past that that sin nature that we struggle with. So in this new order, we are free from the sin of slavery or slavery to sin, excuse me. We also don't have to experience the consequence of our sin, which is death. We are forgiven because of Jesus's death on the cross. He took our sin and he bore those upon himself. He became sin in our place. And then finally, we are part of the new heaven and new, new earth, which will be complete when Jesus comes back. And that's something we'll talk about that more at some point. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about what Jesus' second coming means. But just understand that being in Christ, being a new creation means you're part of this new order. Being a new creation, it also means that we experience a total restructuring of life. One author said this. They said, being a new creation means anyone who is in Christ is under new management and has altered priorities ahead. We change our attitudes towards Christ, which creates a change in our attitudes towards people. Before any of us were Christians, we may see people and we may just say, wow, that person is just a homeless person or this person has all of these issues. They're just a problem. They're just getting in the way. But when you're a new creation, you see things differently because you've seen Christ differently. Christ is your savior. He is your salvation. And it starts to change something within us when we submit to the leading of the Holy Spirit. We see people differently. Our attitudes towards people, it changes them. We move from this point of desiring what we want to desiring what Christ desires. And this results in incredible changes. One of them is we start to develop a new heart. Ezekiel 36 36 verses uh, 25 through 37. It says, then I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from un, uh, from all your filthiness and from all your idols. Moreover, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. And I will remove the hardest stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and bring it about that you walk in my statutes and are careful 
and follow my ordinances. We can have hard hearts due to sin, or we can have hard hearts because of hurts that we've been through. But because we are a new creation, and because we have the Holy Spirit in us, God can give us a heart of flesh, a soft heart, instead of this hard stone heart. That kind of goes in line with seeing people differently. Because we are a new creation, we are having changes happen on the inside. We also have a new mind. Romans 12, verses 1 through 2, it says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present yourselves as living and holy, as a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And here's the key. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. We have this new mind. We start to think the way God wants us to think. We start to process things in our mind based on God's word. Again, because we are new creations in Christ. We have a new motivation. Colossians 3, verse 23, it says, Whatever you do, do your work heartily as for the Lord and not for people. So as we talked about last week, our motivation is to serve God and to serve others, we have this change. We also have new desires. Isaiah 26, verse 8, it says, Indeed, while following the way of your judgments, Lord, we have waited for you eagerly. Your name and remembering you is the desire of our souls. When we're new creations, we want to be close to God. We want to be in his presence. Just like me this morning, I was feeling stressed out and I wanted some time with God. So I went out and I started praying because I want to be close to him. I have a new desire that I want to be closer to God each and every day. And then we start to desire what God desires. Things like righteousness, being in right standing with God. And seeing other people saved so they can experience becoming new creation. These are things that we desire when we become a new creation in Christ. We have a new perspective. I mentioned this verse earlier, Romans 12, 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good, acceptable, and perfect. And so our new perspective, it's starting to have the kingdom mind, starting to see things from a kingdom perspective, the body of Christ perspective. We start to process things through the lens of agape love. And we start to process things and acknowledging the spiritual world around us. We realize that our battle is not against flesh and blood, that there is a spiritual battle going on. So we have a new perspective. Two more things. We have a new purpose. 
Isaiah 43, verse 21, it says, the people who I form for myself will declare my praise. And Ephesians 2, verse 10, it says, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ for good works that God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. So our new purpose is to praise God and to do the good works that God has prepared for us. We want to serve God. That's our purpose. That's what we want to do. And again, this comes with being a new creation. And then the final one is new strength. And I love this one because this is my life verse, my favorite verse of all the Bible. It's Philippians 4.13. And the NSAB, it says, I can, all, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. We have a new source of our strength. It's not other people. It's not eating a really healthy breakfast. It's not a self-help magazine, a self-help blog. It's not none of those things. It's Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. He is our strength that helps us to endure anything, whether it's times of having plenty, which the scripture talks about, or when times of not plenty, when things aren't going good, we have a new source of strength when we are a new creation. But as I mentioned early, just because we are a new creation, it doesn't mean that all of our struggles, our temptations, and our challenges go away. And although God sees us as a new creation because of Jesus' sacrifice, his work on the cross, we still need to do our point, our part. And so this final thing I want to talk about is how do we remain in Christ? How do we continue to let the old things pass away and let the new things come? Well, one, remember it is a process. Our faith being a new creation, it is a process. It doesn't happen overnight. You know, you can't think that, hey, I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Everything is perfect now. That's the wrong attitude. It's the wrong heart. It's the wrong perspective. We can't think that way. And we also can't think that, you know what? I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior, so I'm good. I don't need to make any more changes in my life. Again, this is a process. We do need to change the way we live, the way we act. And everything isn't perfect in our world. So first, understand it as a process. And then remember that God gave us a helper. And we are going to be leading into a series which, you know, the Holy Spirit's burden on my heart because he wants us to learn more about him. That God gave us a helper, a helper, a counselor, and that is the Holy Spirit. We need to read the Bible passionately the same way you would any topic you have interest in. I have studied more probably in this past week than I ever have about different cancer treatments and things like that because I have an interest. I have a investment in it. I invested in it because of my dad. So we need to be thinking about the Bible and reading it in the same way. We have to have a vested interest in it because it makes all the difference in the world. We need to continue to develop and invest in our relationship with God. As I mentioned earlier, this is not a static thing. It's active. It is a relationship. We need to be working on that relationship each and every day. And then we need to learn to rely on God and the leading of the Holy Spirit. 
which makes regeneration possible. That new creation, the change in us, it is possible because of the Holy Spirit in us. That is why the Holy Spirit is so important, even though, to be honest, most churches do not talk about the Holy Spirit much. We need to start talking about the Holy Spirit more because the Holy Spirit is God in us. He was, he was deposited in us. Titus 3 verse 5, it says, He saved us not, on, or not on the basis of deeds, which we did in righteousness, but in accordance with his mercy by the washing of regeneration and renewing by who? By the Holy Spirit. So those changes that happen in us, they are because of the Holy Spirit. So we need to rely on the Holy Spirit. Jesus left the earth and those he cared about in order that the Holy Spirit could be deposited in us. John 16, and I'm going to read verses 7 through 8 and then verse 13. It says this, But I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I am leaving. For if I do not leave, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And he, when he comes, will convict the world regarding sin and righteousness and judgment. Verse 13. But when he, and this is where we learn who the he is, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own. But whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will disclose to you what is to come. Isn't that amazing that we have God in us? We have someone in us that can help guide us, can help lead us to more of the will of God versus our human will, that can help us fight off the temptations of our flesh, to help us do that battle in the spiritual realm. It's the Holy Spirit in us. It's God in us. So we need to let the Holy Spirit guide our thoughts, our words, and our actions. And as I mentioned, I'm so excited to start a new series. It'll probably be in two weeks, talking about the Holy Spirit. I want to end with this to kind of summarize everything, because I've thrown a lot out for you guys today. There's companies out there, and it doesn't matter if they're tech companies, a food company, whatever, but there are companies out there that they have this strategy that if they put out a product and it doesn't launch well, let's say it's a new phone or something, it just, it doesn't take, it doesn't launch well, or let's say that it starts to struggle within the first few months or something that it's put on market. Well, these companies, often they're going to remarket this product and they're going to say it's new and improved. I'm not saying every company, but many do this. But even though the company says that this product is new and improved, when you open up the box, if you take the thing apart, if you really look at the heart of what this product is, it's the exact same thing. It hasn't changed. It's just been remarketed. When people become a new creation with the help of the Holy Spirit, they become something new on the inside. They start to change. Again, because of Jesus' sacrifice and the fact that we have the Holy Spirit in us. But if individuals, if they don't truly believe in Jesus, or they do not commit to growing, to working on themselves spiritually, they could end up just like those remarketed products. 
They can have a new name. They can be known as being a new creation, but really on the inside, they are exactly who they were before. So I wanna encourage each of you guys to take a look at yourself so they can look at your hearts and don't be like those remarketed, repackaged products that say that they're something new when they aren't. Truly embrace what God says about you, that when you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are a new creation. You are different on the inside. Lord Jesus, we love you so much. God, thank you for looking at us as a new creation, that we can be something different in your eyes. Holy Spirit, thank you for residing in us. Thank you for allowing regeneration. Thank you for being the one that allows these changes to happen. I pray for each of us that we would submit to you, that we would allow you to transform us, to renew our minds from the inside. And therefore we could be different on the outside because of what you have done. Lord, I pray that you would help us as a church to submit to you, to submit to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we love you so much. We need more and more of you each and every day. We pray this all in your name. Amen.